This is the Saxo Market Call, the daily financial markets podcast across asset classes and around the world. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call. It's Monday, 24th of July, 2023. A pretty flat session on Friday, but a little bit disappointing nonetheless as intraday rallies there uh, did not succeed in sticking. And so a pretty downbeat uh, close to the week on on average uh, after the uh, the levels we saw intra-week were, uh, came f- uh, sharp off those levels, especially on the Tesla and Netflix earnings reports. And that was a bit disappointing because we had started off so uh, strongly with the earnings season and some of the financials reporting, all the negative concerns and sentiment around that reversed by the actual results. And so the financial stock's doing quite well. And uh, as we talked about on Friday, a, a huge stock like Microsoft with that AI-linked news uh, pumping the stock intra-week and that all those gains were backed out on the close on Friday. So a spectacular shooting star candlestick for Microsoft ahead of its earnings tomorrow. Uh, and we'll talk more about the earnings reports coming up this week. And I think uh, as well, NVIDIA, uh, given that TSMC rep- uh, earnings report last week and their guidance that they're not seeing anything, uh, uh, exactly not exactly shooting the, st- uh, shooting the lights out with guidance, how do you square that with NVIDIA and the supposed uh, avalanche of uh, AI-linked chip demand when the actual manufacturer is not saying anything that sounds very promising uh, relative to that story? So uh, it was pretty ugly action as well for the weekly candlestick in NVIDIA versus the prior week. So another uh, test there, even though they're not reporting earnings for another few weeks yet, uh, NVIDIA that is. Okay, and, and we have some news coming in this morning that is quite interesting as well. We have a preliminary July PMIs for uh, at least for France, Germany, and the Eurozone, uh, more broadly speaking. And these were very negative. That the, the Really, the big one was the German manufacturing PMI at 38.8. I mean, these are, uh, these are catastrophic levels of manufacturing activity. That was versus the 41.0 expected and the already bad 40.6 in June. Slightly better on the services front, uh, 52.0, but that's still worse than expected. Nonetheless, slight expansion on services. France, however, it reported a bit earlier and uh, looks uh, looks bad across the board. 44.5 on the manufacturing versus 46.0 expected, 46 prior, and services at 47.4. So it's actual, uh, and this is you know the midst of tourist season, a big disappointment there. Services at 47.4 versus 48.5 uh, expected and 48.0 uh, the prior month. The eurozone figure is uh, approximately the same. I won't run through those, but uh, just slightly slightly worse than expected along the same lines as uh, the German numbers, really. So this is uh, impacting the euro. We're seeing the euro dollar down through 111, at least the last time I looked at it before coming in here to record this podcast. This is ahead of an ECB that was clearly already starting to downshift away from their uh, more hawkish stance uh, recently. And this is only going to cement that. And I think we can uh, pretty much, uh, we're going to see the likes of 38.8 in a German manufacturing index. I think we can probably forget about any further uh, policy tightening this year, barring some crazy uh, sudden acceleration again in the inflation numbers. Um, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they do, um, you know, roll out that message. Kind of already have given advance warning of that with uh, some of the more recent uh, downshifts and moving away from committing to the further tightening beyond uh, this week. But already this week's tightening beginning to look like the risk of a policy mistake. Uh, Again, assuming the inflation levels uh, continue to come down. All right. So with the price action, you can see some of the uh, equity theme basket overview uh, performance on slide two. The one week performance is quite interesting as we see the luxury names that are coming in for the earnings reports. Many of these big names coming in this week on the earnings front. Semiconductors doing poorly. 
uh, we have uh, as well the mega caps not having a great week of it either at minus 0.8%. Uh, percent. On the tr- on the positive side, one of the uh, interesting ones was travel. And we have Ryanair out reporting this morning uh, with a strong beat on their quarterly results, but a little bit cautious on guidance. Part of that on Boeing delivery delays, which of course is beyond their control. But as well, there was a little bit of caution on consumer demand. They were talking about the risk of having to do what they call fair stimulation. In other words, uh, deep uh, discounts. They prefer to fill their planes where they can, even with incredible prices on some of the flights. Uh, suggest that there's some some risk around the forward demand and consumer with a uh, you know, with spending concerns that the consumers are suffering from cost of living increases and, and may not be traveling as much. So uh, an interesting signal there from Ryanair. And then as mentioned on slide three, you go to Eurodollar. So we, we saw it crush back below 111 this morning on that weak German PMI, uh, preliminary PMI for July. Look at how steeply, though, the, the chart, uh, or sorry, the euro dollar advanced prior to this. So while we are poking back below the, the prior high from uh, back in April, May time, time frame, 110.95, uh, you, I think we need to see, the, of course, the other side of the Fed and the ECB this week, but uh, as well, backing back below 110 before we get a solid technical uh, reversal of the situation. So it is in play, however, the 111 to 110 range. Well, that's uh, what we'll be watching for uh, by the end of this week to see the next direction. The yen uh, was quite weak on Friday. It was it was sharply weakening as we were recording the podcast. The key news item there were some stories uh, citing sources that the Bank of Japan is not considering tweaking at this uh, at this July meeting on Friday. So um, the Japanese yen was quite weak, but interesting to see euro yen coming in this morning for quite a reversal. Of course, if we are headed towards Central banks peaking out and a recession coming now rather than later, and, and arguably in the Eurozone it already is here now, then perhaps the Bank of Japan impact is, is somewhat less forceful than the ECB uh, clearly indicating that they're more likely done for the cycle and concerns for the uh, European growth relative to Japan. Just just a, a you know possibility there, I think, on the, on the other side, if, if U.S. yields continue to go higher, the 10-year goes to 4%, the weak Japanese yen will still remain an issue. Elsewhere, we've seen this uh, considerable move in uh, the Chinese renminbi in terms of a momentum shift, a lot of that on uh, the PBOC moving to to stabilize the, the renminbi and the, um, arguably most of that against the U.S. dollar, which has seen a resurgence last week. So we've got a sudden shift in momentum, and I think that's mostly on this uh, attempt to stabilize the market there and the fact that the dollar was uh, was backing back up after its recent run lower. And then on the positioning front, we've looked at the U.S. futures market uh, positioning from time to time, saw a big new fresh uh, wave of shorts coming in as of the Tuesday cutoff for these positioning reports uh, last week. And I just pulled up one that I, I find of interest uh, because also because I think the, the market is maybe taking this a bit too far, and that's the Mexican peso versus U.S. dollar carry trade. And, you know, Timing-wise, on some of these positioning moves, sometimes you look for, uh, for example, new extremes in the price action. So uh, dollar MEX hitting new lows, or as I show on slide four, Mexican peso versus the U.S. dollar uh, hitting new highs uh, without any positioning adjustment. So we're not really getting any additional uh, moves, at least in the U.S. futures market, into dollar MEX trades, uh, and yet the price actions continue to pace. Pretty pretty modest divergence, uh, of course, but... Uh, and other coincident developments, I think, to to argue that Dolomex may have put in a low here. And we did see a, a pretty decent backup last week, but it's it's pretty small relative to some of the prior consolidations. 
coincident indicators would be things like uh, you know, liquidity conditions deteriorating, the dollar backing up more broadly, and some some risk off. And I think the risk off is really the key thing for these carry trades. But I, I think there's certainly just the key point here being that the, from this positioning angle, uh, there's some danger there for, for a squeeze uh, if this risk off moves continues. And then move, uh, moving further afield to other uh, markets, just want to bring in the, the food situation into the picture. We talked a little bit about it last week with uh, Russia pulling out of this grain deal. There's the argument that they're looking to uh, you know, up, up the pressure on the rest of the world to at least stop the sanctions against their ability to have access to uh, the banking system uh, or, or have some of its banks open to the dollar uh, system for, uh, for trade in grains and fertilizers. That's one angle I've seen on this. But of course, the the risk here that there's a a military side to disrupting uh, shipments. They've declared that uh, anything going in and out of Ukrainian ports could be considered as possibly carrying military material, etc. And that is what saw wheat coming back last week. So I put a wheat chart there on slide five on the left. Still a pretty uh, non-threatening levels here. But we watch that 750 area that I I outlined with that black line. Uh, You know, very important area going back a couple of years, and then the uh, the eight dollar level. Uh, as well. And then just in the in the bigger picture with the broader agricultural space, it's quite interesting, a, an ETF like this uh, Invesco one I put in there. I think it's the, yes, the DBA is, the, uh, uh, is what it trades as, the ticker, is getting close to those uh, cycle highs from back in early 2022. Uh, part of that is the grain side, but as well is things like sugar and especially cocoa, which are at very, very high levels. So uh, there's some stress in the, the food market. This is concerning. It's not something we encourage people to, to speculate in uh, going long grains because of what it can do and long food because of what it means for especially frontier and emerging markets. It's just something to track uh, as a risk. There's also been the recent story that India is, uh, is putting in an export ban against rice exports because of the weather disruptions uh, there. So just one of these stories to track that's uh, not very pleasant to consider. It'd be nice for this uh the story to go away. And then the earnings front, I've, I've brought in a couple of these um, names already into the picture. Uh, Ryanair, for example, reporting today. Tomorrow's a really big one. So we have uh, the you know the biggest luxury maker of all LVMH. Had a, it's had a wobbly time of it. Um, the big prior week to last week uh, looked very positive. And then last week, suddenly the action fizzled. Arguably the last many, many weeks there since the, since the peak from a few months ago could arguably be sort of a distribution-style top. Uh, we'd probably need to see something that spooks the market, though, to get a, a break lower. So um, it, it looks like it's really paused here in the range and looking for a catalyst. And the valuation from the valuation side, this this uh, stock has really been pumped up to pretty remarkable levels. Microsoft, as mentioned, with the reversal out of the uh, gains on the Copilot AI. Is there more color and guidance, and, and how does the market treat that report? Uh, Alphabet as well. Tomorrow, and then the more on the consumer and cyclical front, what is Visa seeing uh, in its, uh, you know, the behavior of its customers, uh, as well as Mastercard later in the week? We have Meta up on Wednesday, an interesting name, obviously. Uh, Amazon, Mastercard, uh, Mastercard was Thursday. Samsung, and then some of the oil majors coming in. But there's also a few other luxury names, so we could get a sort of a read on the luxury market. And if you recall from our theme baskets, it was one of the worst uh, performers. Uh, the overview there on slide two showing that. All right, so besides a big week ahead in earnings, it's a huge week ahead for central banks. And first up will be the Fed on Wednesday. 
Uh, one of my favorite, uh, I saw a headline from from one of the um, analyst reports, and I think it was a good way to put it. Now I'm forgetting exactly how they put it, but something along the lines of, um, the Fed is is going to be done after this week, but it doesn't want to say it. So I think it's a fairly a fairly balanced way to expect that they will hike the 25 basis points. They'll want to keep their optionality around an additional uh, rate hike, but that they're probably not going to deliver it, assuming things continue to move in the correct direction on especially inflation. And we have Friday, the PCE, where it's expected to show the first decent deceleration on the year-on-year core after many weeks many weeks stuck around that just above 4.5% level. So the ducks could be lining up for that, but I think it's very much in line with expectations. I don't see the big surprise scenario from this FOMC besides maybe putting their foot more, a bit more down on the potential for further tightening than the market wants to hear. Uh, ECB, I think there's a more considerable shift, and I think if they hadn't pre-committed, uh, they might do well to just skip hiking at this meeting. But I certainly think we can expect more to come out of the uh, the future expectations there based on the guidance we're going to get uh, this Thursday. I, again, the July manufacturing PMI out of Germany at 38.8. I mean, that's uh, catastrophic stuff. Q2 GDP estimate on Thursday, and then the Bank of Japan, where the impact is potentially less, again, if if they don't deliver anything this week, if yields are coming tumbling down in general elsewhere. So the risk is to the opposite side. If we get resilient U.S. data and the longer U.S. yields continue to bull up a bit higher, uh, this is a very different reaction function to the to the Bank of Japan than if we're seeing, for example, somewhat soft U.S. data, uh, and then we get you know, a very soft PCE or something on Friday. Things could be quite volatile around all this. So just consider all of the moving parts and what the general backdrop and narrative is as we see each of these uh, central bank meetings uh, coming in here. Uh, tomorrow, we also have that July consumer confidence report out of the U.S. The, the June one was quite strong, and we've not seen any sort of indication from this survey that there's uh, the least bit of weakness in the present situation component of uh, consumer confidence, very much linked to the U.S. Uh, jobs market, labor market, at least historically. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of work to do to get to get the U.S. economy looking more vulnerable here. All right, I think there's a pretty quick rundown of what I wanted to say. Uh, really critical week ahead. Earnings, again, coming in. Some of the technical developments we've talked about and some challenge to some of the themes that have been such so supportive of the market, especially AI. Uh, and then we have the dollar situation in play as well. And a very, very extended period of very, very uh, strong risk conditions, high complacency. Are we going to see a shift this week? I think we could be in for at least... Uh, you know, base case would be uh, at least a modest consolidation. It's one been quite a blistering run for for risk sentiment and for U.S. equities. Uh, but if it's worse than that, that will be the question to my mind, rather than that we're going to go screaming back to to the highs of of the cycle here. So, plenty at stake in the week ahead, and we'll be back tomorrow with the next Saxo Market Call. Thanks for listening. This has been the Saxo Market Call. For feedback and questions, reach out to us on Twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email, marketcall at saxobank.com.